prep time. Do those two words have as much meaning to anyone here as two other new words to the English language? Example, Thanksgiving pants. Anybody know what those are? Those are the pants with elastic expandable waistbands. <laughs> Anyone who is trying to organize and host a get-together during this busy holiday season knows that what takes the most time is prep time. Even Rachel Ray, who cheats by having all of her veggies pre-washed, her chicken skinned and boneless, and a refrigerator that is not stuffed with two dozen old Cool Whip containers holding scary unknown things. Even Rachel Ray has to keep chopping and slicing during the commercial breaks in order to make a 30-minute meal. In fact, isn't one of the best things about hosting a big party is that when it's over and everyone goes home, you actually have an unusually clean house to live in, at least for a while. Stop and think for a minute. What kind of preparations had to be made for that first Christmas in a stall? There is no mention in any of the Gospels of an official stall cleaner. Think about it, on the night that overflowing guests arrived to use the animal's stabling place, and it's being used now as a birthing place. There had to be a stall cleaner. What does a stall cleaner do? The task is known as mucking out. You know what that means? You, you would if you had lived on or been brought up on a farm. It is every bit as nasty as it sounds, the nastiness only less or more depending upon how long it has been since the last muck out. Considering the hygiene habits in the first century, I'm guessing the muck out accomplished before Mary and Joseph moved into their stall, aka birthing center, was on the high side of horrible. But prep time, Cleaning out time is necessary if we are going to open up space, transform space, re-envision space in our lives for the miracle that is Advent approaching. Today's Gospel text is the opening of the Gospel according to St. Mark. The focus of this opening is on preparation. God's mucking out of the world for his kingdom. John the Baptist is called by God to be the preparer, the Advent stable cleaner, if you will. John's assignment is not limited to one stall that he locates in the Judean wilderness. John the Baptist preps for Jesus' arrival by cleaning out his civility and relocating in the wilderness, God's favorite prepping grounds, footnote the Exodus. 
John sheds the accepted stability of food and dress expected of those with priestly religious connections like he was by feasting on a diet of locusts, a protein delicacy in the first century, and wild honey, the first century equivalent of Godiva chocolates, eating a diet truly fit for the kingdom. John challenges the moral and spiritual rut of the people by proclaiming the need for a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. His lifestyle, his subject matter, his kind of baptism are all prep work. Cleaning out the old muck of an old life, preparing people for the new work, the new miracle, that God is about to land in their midst. What John the Baptist did for the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Judea was the same as what the stall cleaner did for the Holy Family as they entered the stable that night when Jesus was born. Preparing the way, making room, opening doors for a new incarnation, a new world of possibility that God was offering to the world. Preparing, cleaning out, opening, takes some genuine labor. It also takes some mucking out, moving out old decayed matter, false ideals, bad attitudes, and faulty assumptions in order to make room for God's new miracle among us. So I ask you this morning, what are the things in your life that need to be mucked out in order to prepare room for the Christ child once again in 2023? What cluttered, stalled out place in your life could be swept out, swept clean, readied and rectified to prepare you for God's new presence in your heart and life? Do you have to clean out a nest of apathy? There seems to be an increase in the spirit of, I'll just let stuff happen because it will. Is your life a happy den of inertness and ineptness? Sweep it out. Embrace the spirit of possibility renewed in Christ Jesus. Do you need to clean out a compaction of competition? Maybe everything in your world, everything is a win-lose battle in your life with you needing to be the winner no matter what the cost. Suck out the cutthroat competitive spirit and leave room for the growth of a collaborative spirit instead. Do you need to clean out a smug, self-centered, little Jack Horner sat in the corner, what a good boy am I, kind of satisfaction? Do you really think you are all that you need? Do you really think you are good to go on your own? Good luck with that. None of us are. There's only one time we don't need anyone or anything else to keep us going, and that's when we are dead. Do you need to clean up a life that it's me-centered, not God-centered, and then wonders why God lets bad things happen? 
Billy Graham's daughter was interviewed on the early show once, and Jane Clayson asked her, how could God let something like this happen? It happened to be regarding Hurricane Katrina. Anne Graham gave an extremely interesting and insightful response. I believe God is deeply saddened by this, just as we are. But for years, we've been telling God to get out of our schools, to get out of our government, and to get out of our lives. And being the gentleman that God is, I believe he has calmly backed out. How can we expect God to give us his blessing and his protection if we demand that he leave us alone? A question worth raising, although I'm not sure the answer is there. We get a reprieve from God, and then what happens? We return to our old ways. Do some of you need to clean out your perfectionism? Are you not happy unless everything is tidy and perfect? And do you let the perfect become the enemy of the good? Life is all about thriving in the midst of chaos. Stuff happens and you are not going to have a Ziploc freezer bag to put it into. Even if it is a good thing and not your fault. Mary got pregnant. Joseph married her anyway. It was a good thing, a very good thing, all around. Caesar Augustus decided to call for a census when Mary was in her final weeks of pregnancy. A very pregnant Mary and a very worried Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, and God was there, even in the midst of the most imperfect birthing conditions, muck and all. Here is one of the biggest stall cleanings we all need this year. We need to clean out despair. This is a tough holiday season for so many families in so many ways. The nightly news is not fun to watch, if it ever were. Failures of economic or political systems. War, Ukraine, the Holy Land. Failures of moral systems as each new bombing attack or every abused or wounded woman or child in the news makes painfully evident. Failures of environmental systems as fires and floods and hurricanes reach what the news commentators call biblical proportions. But despairing is not an Advent attitude. There's no candle up there that gets labeled the despair candle. Oh no, it's all hope and joy and love. Despairing is letting the muck of this world overwhelm us instead of embracing the advent of God's forever new redeeming love in this world. Mark's gospel starts like Genesis starts with everything new, a new beginning. The Mark text reveals the continuation of God's beginning in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is the advent we prepare for. Nothing less than the continuation of the creator's creativity. Nothing less than God's presence and power brought down to each of us. Nothing less than the incarnate one. Emmanuel, God with us. 
and so we do not lose hope. Mark opens his gospel with the declaration, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The whole Bible is a commentary on the good news of the grace of God that seeks to save. Why wasn't Israel given up as hopeless because of his constant bickering criticism and failure? Why wasn't Jacob thrown out on the scrap heap for his warped and twisted ways? He's the trickster. Why wasn't David disowned by God for the dark and degrading deed that made his name a byword in the land with Uriah the Hittite's wife? Why wasn't Peter left to sink after his based denial? Why wasn't Saul of Tarsus, persecutor, blasphemer, hater of Christ, blotted out of the book of life forever? Why is it that God has not given up on them nor on us? We've spurned God's love, polluted God's creation, mocked God's purpose and filled our lives with all sorts of muck. Why doesn't God just go ahead and allow us to stew in our own juices? For the same reason parents change stinking diapers. They love the ones who made them. God still loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have life everlasting. You know that. That's, I'm sure, memorized and in many hearts and heads. But you see, that, that's what we're celebrating once again. That's why Advent is a season for hope and a season for change. God grant it. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.